Kitchen. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a film has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Ovid Taylor, and with me in real size, life size, is David William Rogers. Hello. Hello, dear. How are you today? I'm doing great, except I hit a baseball through a window, and mm. now I'm a tiny little ant. Whoops. That Not... happens all the time. Yeah, it's just unavoidable at this point. It's like yeah. you're just out here being a kid, getting shrunk by your weird neighbor's weird machine, you know. But uh, on that note, what is the film we are yeah. doing today? So, yeah, the movie we are doing is Honey. I Shrunk the Kids, 1989, directed by Doe Johnson. Writing credits go to Stuart Gordon, Brian Yuzna, and Ed Naha. And this has got Rick Moranis, Mercia Strassman, who is his wife in this film, Kristen Sutherland, Thomas Wilson Brown, Jared Rushton, who is the guy that hits the baseball. He was oh also boy. in Big with Tom Hanks as a, oh boy as a child actor. Yeah, so just a good late '80s comedy. Rick Moranis doing his thing per usual, and this film has a lot of interesting parts to it with all the um, the stage that they had built for this. They shot this in Mexico City. And all the detail that wanted this movie to make the kids small and the world seem extra large to them. Yeah, that was a very fun part of this film, for sure. I feel like there was a, a trend in the 90s. I remember distinctly going to um, a museum in Sydney where they had kind of like an interactive, you know, like a, this was in the days when like you would go do something and then, you know, you'd get like a videotape, like a VHS. And I will forever remember we did this experience. I think it was at the powerhouse in Sydney and they had stuff like this where it was like, Oh my God, through the magic of film and optical illusions, you're so small or like, Oh no, you're hanging off a building. And we just had the best time. But I feel like the kids acting in this movie would have had a blast um, Mm. playing around, you know, with the giant Cheerios and like (laughs) all the fun. Yeah. The big um, cookie and the The Lego. Yeah. Yeah. I watched this episode uh, called, I think it's Prop Masters okay. on Disney. And one of the episodes is for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, so this guy just goes to Disney. He picks up the shrink ray and it's been modified because it was used in all three of the films. He takes it back to the director, shows him you know, what it looks like now. And basically they uh, modified it and got it back to it like its original state. But he met with a lot of people that worked on this film, people that did the Scorpion. There's multiple ants made for this movie. Um, One was attached to like a bull for that scene when they were riding the ants. Damn. Yeah, you know, not I mean, not an actual bull, like a bull you'd see in a bar, right? Oh, okay. So they put the shell, the ants on top of like the mechanical bull for that scene. 
So yeah, that a lot is of, cool. Exactly. Let's uh, let's dive into it then. So I hadn't seen this movie since I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know you and I are on a little bit of a Disney kick right now, but it's really fun to revisit stuff like this. Um, although David, I did find myself aligning more with the parents in this movie than the kids, which is like, oh, you're getting old. I know. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was like looking at the neighbor. What's his name? Russell, the 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 guy who lives next door who's always like kind of annoyed by his like quirky neighbor played by Rick Moranis and I was like that guy looks like somebody that I would know like someone we would hang out with I mean no one I know has like kids that are teenagers that are my age that's a bit different but uh yeah I just I found it funny that I was like you know when I would have watched this as a kid I obviously would have identified more with the the children and now I'm like yeah why is that guy smashing and crashing on a Saturday fucking morning like dude what are you doing come on (laughs) (laughs) but uh it was fun it was fun to revisit I definitely need to go and watch like all of them in the series right because there's honey I shrank the kids and then like honey I shrank well, honey, I blew up the kid because uh-huh. they make the baby large in the second one. And then, honey, we shrunk or I shrunk us or we shrunk ourselves. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, the basic same premise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe put away the shrink ray slash, I don't know. I mean, they hint at it too when he does his presentation in front of like some of his peers. If that actually existed and they used it for shipping purposes, I mean, that's just a, a game changer. If that, if he, he'd be a multi, multi billionaire. That also, if you, if you could make things bigger, you know, there would be no food shortages because you could, you could just blow up a big cookie and feed an entire neighborhood. Which is interesting because he said the science behind it is there's a lot of empty space in things. And if you shrink Mm. that empty space, then like the couch shrunk. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, like in the second one, how do they use that? Because if they open the space up, right. Mm. the empty space there's still how would there be more food if you did that with food yeah it would be not nutrient dense it would just be empty empty space that they opened up yeah that they made larger wow the science behind it we're getting into it now um Mm. well let's do the synopsis then since we're jumping around i think it's my turn um so this is a movie about a kind of a mad scientist that you know lives next door or is your dad depending on what character you play in the film or is your husband i guess and uh yeah he's trying to invent this shrink ray and he's not having any luck he keeps like blowing up this apple and he's like oh at least we found a way to make good applesauce and uh the kids next door there's two families that live next door to each other the thompson thompsons and then how do you say their last night the slinskys uh zelinskys yeah yeah so the Zelinskis are the one with the the shrink ray. The Thompsons live next door. It's like two kids, two kids. Um, and basically the little kid next door, uh, little Russ Thompson. Oh no, that's no, Jared, Jared, Tom, Ron Thompson. Right. He, yeah, he hits his baseball through the window. It hits the machine, which kind of works. They go upstairs to like retrieve the ball and they all get shrunk by accident to like ant size actually much smaller than i remember yeah they're they're a lot smaller than the ant actually yeah and then they you know obviously go on this adventure they get swept up in a broom pan they get put outside in the trash they have to make their way across the backyard back to the house which is like miles because of how small they are yeah the sun calculates it as three miles yeah they have to go to 
and which isn't actually that far, in my opinion, but maybe it is when you're like trying to face all these obstacles. Um, mm. But yeah, they, you know, they run into a scorpion, they get splashed by water. Everything's really dangerous when you're tiny. So they do eventually make it back to the house and get put up to regular size. But many things happen along the way, which we will discuss. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, this movie is about, you know, parents and kids. It's about um, families. It's about prioritizing family over money or work. And yeah, just like understanding your children. There was a lot of things because we were talking about in the last you know episode about like themes and stuff. I, I immediately was like, huh, what are the themes in this themes one? This, so, yeah. Yeah, what was something that stood out to you on this uh, rewatch? Biggest thing, if we're talking strategy like we did on the last one, they have that fence, right? Mm-hmm. And on that fence, you see Rick Moranis jump on it once he realizes the mm-hmm. kids cut their way out of the garbage bag. If those kids did a straight line to that fence, there's a bottom piece of wood, mm. and then there's a there's boards on each side of it, right? Mm-hmm. So if they were able to get up on that, it was a clear walkway to the house that they could have walked straight through that. Right. And then jumped off and got it, got off at the house. And that just popped in my head when I saw Rick do yeah. that. I'm like, why don't the kids just do that instead of going through the grass? But then there really wouldn't be this good movie that we're talking about if that was the situation. Well, and also, I'm sure they were, yeah. I mean, they, listen, they were little kids. They weren't, they didn't have the best strategies. Okay. Like, <laughs> they were like, let's sleep here. I'd be like, fuck that. And the parents. Yeah. And then the parents are also like, oh, well, we haven't been able to find them today. I would be, my kids are shrunk to like minuscule molecules yeah, out in the back. I'm not going to give up. I'll be out there with a fucking flashlight. I'll yeah. get the entire neighborhood involved. The, the parents were very lackadaisical about would it. Would you get the neighborhood involved though? I, I just think like... there's more chance of someone stepping on your kids. True. True. That. If you have all those people, just you can at least control it if it's just you. Isolate the backyard try to figure out a good strategy. But if you have a bunch of people like, here's what we're trying to do. And then somebody just walks around in the grass and stops yeah. your kid. I just think they could have done. <laughs> I think he could have done more. <laughs> oh, for sure. Instead of like, Oh, that'd be okay. Yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah. And then like, there's the kid out there. Like, I would like, you know, rope off the backyard. This like neighbor kid comes in to like mow the grass. Mm-hmm. I mean, he almost eats his own kid when he goes. In the cereal. <laughs> yeah, the cereal. He's just like casually eating cereal. It's like, dude, your kids are missing. Like, why the fuck are you eating? Aren't you freaking out? It's just, yeah. that was something that stood out to me. I was like, wow, this was such the eighties. Like it takes them so long to figure out their kids are even missing, <laughs> you know? And then when they do figure it out, they're not even like that worried. I think maybe it's just, we were raised by, you know, the children of this film, like our parents would have grown up in like the eighties and stuff. And so like, they were a lot more controlling of us, but I know there was still that element of like, we've oh, no, about- we not, not, my childhood. We, really? We just go run away, do whatever we want during the day. And yes. then closer to nighttime, a whole neighborhood, we'd like play tag or something like that. And the whole neighborhood was gang- like on limits for my parents. And then if they could just yell to us. Okay. Had, um, yeah. But that was but like, then- a, that was at night during the day. We'd ride Free our for all? smiles. Wow. Get in trouble. Yeah. Okay. So that's mainly, I, I mean, listen, I definitely was out and about and doing things, but I feel like my parents you know, we had cell phones, like she go, the mom, for example, goes to the mall to look for the kids mm-hmm. and then like has to call on the payphone. Like, it's just crazy to me in this world where like, you can pretty much track down anyone at any point yeah. <laughs> that like, you just wouldn't know where your kids were and they would have no way to contact you except <laughs> for a payphone. It just seems. So did you see that they, um, they made a, a new movie called shrunk 
It's in no. pre-production right now oh. with Rick Moranis. Oh, same, is it like the same kind of idea? Same director. Um, and it's got, uh, what is his name? I think he's probably going to play his son. Um, yeah, Josh Gad. Oh, wow. Is playing Nick. Um, and basically, uh, amateur scientist and father accidentally shrinks his family with his latest invention, a sequel to the 89 film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So, Damn. Yeah, it's, uh, that should be interesting. It's good to see Rick working again. Yeah. But to your point with technology, like if they all, if the whole family gets shrunk at the same time, I think maybe that's where they're going with it. Yeah. And then um, maybe they're all together so they don't have to contact each other. It's true. Uh, I, yeah, I just felt like maybe this is just, maybe it was me and then my childhood, but like I felt like it was very very casual the way that they you know like the one family the thompson's are supposed to go fishing and it's like where are those damn kids for like the whole day they're like we just can't find them and then like the mom's like i need to call the police the police come and then the police are kind of dismissive i'm like no one gives a shit about these missing kids like yeah well, like, miss- police show up at the wrong door no they show but- up at the Zelensky's. oh no but they go to the thompson's first yeah but they're asking and uh, i think rick moranis is like no you got the wrong house no, I thought I read that as he didn't want them involved because yeah. I thought the mom did call the, uh, yeah. the but yeah, I mean, it's just like in, in general, like even the police were like, aha, so you guys had like a disagreement. So, okay, well, I guess they'll show up. I feel like now you get like an Amber alert, like all the time. Right. Yeah. I'll go out quick, but still, even with the Amber alert, the yeah. kids are size of gnats running around the backyard no one's, no one's gonna find them um so yeah that was one thing for me i felt like the 90s 80s kids yeah maybe again maybe it was an american thing maybe i had helicopter parents but i just felt like they're very laissez-faire and then the other thing that stuck out to me and i really raised an eyebrow on this was when they were stuck out in the in the garden overnight the mom goes of the so there's like there's three little boys and then a, a like a teenage girl or like two teenagers and two little kids. And she's the mom's like, I hope she behaves herself. Like it just felt like a little bit like, uh, I felt like a, a certain type of way that the mom would be like kind of calling the daughter out and not like being like, I hope the boy next door behaves himself. It felt a little judgy. Yeah. I, I can see that. But if you had kids, would you say that about your kid? Because that's who like you raised, like hopefully they, they're using their, you know, maybe it was a kid thing and not like a girl boy thing, but yeah, I just thought like, like your, your kid is the one making their good choices. But I'm also like, what, like, what is she, what does the mom think? Okay. First of all, the mom was right. Cause they do make out in the garden, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's besides the point. I'm like, she's a teenage girl. She can control herself. Like, what is the mom trying to say here? You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope because they're small and, and, a weird spot maybe they think they're gonna die so they just start banging i got no idea <laughs> you know how 15 year old girls be they just yeah, be out here yeah. banging with yeah. the, the apocalypse Listen, if, exactly if your life's on the line i don't know if i i'm like hey we're not gonna make it let's My get husband. up in this lego kiss yeah, yeah. Make up. um i it's funny re-watching this i remember being so sad about the ant dying so spoiler alert yeah they team up with an ant the ant meets them like finds them at the cookie they're so scared but then they call them the ant auntie and he kind of becomes like their pet so and he helps yeah. them but then so he he like throws himself in front of a scorpion and the scorpion stings him and i just remember as a kid being devastated like it's the same vibe as a never-ending story yeah <laughs> Horse gets horse. stuck in the mud. Like, why are we making kids sad about these things? I Jeez. mean, that's coming from like we had Bambi. 
right? Uh, yeah, devastating <laughs> opening. So, oh and uh, Lion King, yeah, gets trampled. So Disney's not scared to let us see a good character pass away. I remember as a kid wishing that Ron Thompson, the boy who you know made that connection with Auntie, I'd rather see him get killed by that scorpion <laughs> than the ant, just because. Like also rewatching this, they had so much time that they just sat there and they're like, yeah. we should help. We should help. We should help. They end up do- helping and push the scorpion away, but it was way too late. Auntie yeah. got boxed in the corner and got, you know, stabbed in the back basically, Stung. which I feel is like a metaphor for how long these kids waited. <laughs> they basically stabbed Auntie in the back. But also, uh, okay, this is probably just an Australian stupid thing, but like, I thought scorpions, they, the scorpion was kind of only a little bit bigger than the ant. I thought scorpions were like pretty big. Have you ever taken a scorpion shot? Mm, oh, they do have little ones, mm-hmm. but they're not. I still feel like the proportions were off. But yes, I've yeah. seen those. No, I have not taken a scorpion it's... shot. I, I tried to eat some grasshoppers in Mexico on a trip recently, and I my brain just couldn't do it. I just yeah. don't think I can do it. I'll definitely die. Well, if we go to Milwaukee ever, or when we do, I'll take you to a bar where we can do a scorpion But shot. is there like an actual scorpion in it? Mm-hmm. They take I... a little scorpion. It's like that big. It's like uh, maybe like an inch, and they put it in whatever shot you want. And you don't even no. taste it. You just I don't think I, I, I'll just vomit. Like I just it's a <laughs> mental block. I just can't do it. I, I just won't it. show you and be like, here, hold this. Take close your eyes. Take the shot. You make me some like scorpion biscuits. You're like, here you go. Did you like those? Like, oh, yeah, they're yeah. good. I think Guess I did what? it with a shot of Jameson a couple of times. I did it. Oh no, yeah. It's funny. I just I have no intrinsic fear of scorpions because I've never seen one like in the wild. Are they? Mm-hmm. Do they don't go up to Wisconsin, right? Because it's too cold or. Uh, I'd assume so. But yeah, like Mexico City, where they shot this movie, mm-hmm. probably Arizona, stuff like that. Interesting. Probably- I, I would I would imagine it was like kind of in an arid place, like a hot, deserty mm-hmm. place. But that also, I was like, what's a scorpion doing in the backyard? Mm-hmm. It's like, because the whole movie, it seems like this lush, I don't know, I, I you're saying it was shot in Mexico City. Like, it, to me, I was like, oh, it could be in like Connecticut or like, I just Anywhere. was thinking of like a white neighborhood, you mm-hmm. know, because again, no people of color in this film. What? Surprise, surprise. Yeah, it, this one, a little more glaring to me. I mean, limited cast, right? But... I mean, you could have the kid coming over to cut the grass could have been anybody. literally the police could have um, been anyone. Police could have been anybody. Yeah, the neighbors. Just, the, you know, yeah, not one single minority. <laughs> A in very movie. white, homogenous neighborhood. Yeah, but we could. I mean, got the time. We could watch the other two at some point and see if yeah if they involved other people or if they just kept it white. White. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say Rick Moranis to me is like the king of the late 80s and early 90s for movies. Like when I see, see him, um, I just feel like you kind of get a sense of the type of movie that you're going to get. Yeah, I feel like his his face is like synonymous with this type of film. Um, he was like having a pretty baller career. Yeah, Spaceballs, he was in mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, Little Shop of Horror, yeah. all, all of these movies. Um, and then I was talking about this with Mike yesterday we had a basketball game and we're looking up Rick Moranis and he bowed out because his wife passed away. Oh, that's so that's been, so he had, uh, you know, he's a single father. So that's I really mean, brutal. I, we would do the same in, in that situation, but yeah, it's like, he's, he's coming back. He's had a few okay. things here and there, like voiceovers on games, mm. uh, animated show. Mm. And then, yeah, now he's got, uh, 
shrunk coming out. That'll be interesting. We'll have to watch it and see um, <laughs> see how it goes. I was interested in, so the guy who lives next door, Matt Frewer is his name, the guy who plays uh, Russ Thompson, mm-hmm. the neighbor. I felt like I recognized him. And then when I looked him up, he was in Perry Mason. I don't know if you ever saw <laughs> that show, but it was great. It's like a 1910... 1910- the new version. On yeah, HBO. the new version. Yeah, yeah. The tw- the 2020 version. Yeah. Um, really cool. Um, he was also in The Magicians, which I've caught a few things of. It's funny, mm-hmm. like, you see these people pop up. I think he was in Altered Carbon as well. Um, yeah. It's just amazing to, like you know, see where they show up in different, like, TV and movies. As yeah, you know. Walking Dead. Yep. Uh, I was trying to figure out if uh, Sutherland, um, the one who played the wife, if she was related to Donald Sutherland, but I don't think she is. I was like, oh, (laughs) damn, is she a a Sutherland? But yeah, I mean, it's a a fun cast, despite the lack of diversity. I always think it's interesting as well to see like where the kids end up. So Thomas Wilson Brown, who played like the older kid next door that ends up having the kiss. He has been in a bunch of things as well, but um, yeah, definitely went through a period of being like the kid, you know, in all the things. Mm -hmm. And I love that for him. Um, But yeah. Do you wish that you had become like a child actor? I was thinking about that. Um, mm. Not really. Maybe some of these, some of them still make it out and they still continue their careers. I don't know if some of them get burnt out. Mm. You know, they didn't really maybe have that normal of a childhood if they were working a lot. But I feel like I, I want to break in now compared to me breaking in as like a child actor, right? Yeah. Um, I just have like so much passion for it. And some do, but you don't see a, a ton of child actors have like a resurgence or you know, I think it's, it's different coming back yeah. after a while. Maybe, you know, they start family or find other hobbies cause they did it already. Um, but yeah. The kid from spy kids is married to Megan Trainer, One of the guys, I, uh, <laughs> Libby, my partner just showed me a picture of their baby. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're still <laughs> kicking around. Um, yeah. Well, back to the film. Okay, so another thing that struck me kind of in the opening was we meet this family, the Slinskys, and the dad's like this mad scientist, like up in the, I keep calling him a mad scientist. I feel like he's an inventor. Like (laughs) nobody ever uses the term mad scientist, but he's, you know, that guy that's got like all the machines in the kitchen that do all the different things. Coffee, the lawnmower, the dog biscuit. Which as as a kid, like I loved that shit, obviously. Who didn't? There's a movie called Wallace and Gromit that had, this inventor guy and I think as a kid you're just like oh my god wow you invented a a toaster that also woke you up but also like played music like that's incredible you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah so he's up in the attic the mom is a real estate agent and she's like off at work and I felt bad for the daughter she was like kind of the one responsible for cooking the breakfast and cleaning the house like he goes off to some conference and he's like okay you know you're gonna mow the lawn to his son and then to his daughter he's like yeah and clean up the house and it's like why the fuck is this on her this is mm. bullshit just felt like yeah mad, mad for her i get you it's uh especially with the technology that they had too and it's just yeah just invent a rumba god damn it like come on her to clean the clean everything yeah. up yeah definitely yeah. she was taking on like uh when the mom was gone like that role it, it yeah like i know and then the son was like i don't want this him. breakfast it's like yeah. you eat your own fucking breakfast make your own breakfast yeah. then like i mean 
it's pretty hard to fuck up toast. And she did that pretty well. <laughs> it was, it was burnt, burnt. The dog didn't even want to eat it. Look, as an oldest daughter of a family, I'm like, I always feel bad when I see these tropes of the girl that's like kind of put into like a third adult role. And it's like, mm-hmm. she's just, she just wants to go to the mall and get asked to the dance by the guy. Okay. Yeah. Leave her alone. Yeah. She's got stuff going on too. Yeah, she's um speaking of the dog, the dog was so cute in this. What Super a cutie. Cute. Yeah, I was just thinking uh, I'd like to ideally have two dogs at some point, like a bigger medium-sized dog around like, you know, 40 45 pounds, but then I definitely want a terrier. Like we yeah. had uh, like Libby had um when she was fostering um Comet. Yeah, Comet. Comet yeah. was and she still talks about like uh that she should have kept him and yeah. This this guy reminded me of Comet. Yeah, he was really yeah. smart, like a little mm-hmm. Jack Russell terrier. Yeah. Um definitely so fun to have that. Although whenever I watch movies now with pets like this, I'm always like, they're probably not alive anymore, right? Because yeah, yeah, eighty nine makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Makes me sad. Oh, I'm like oh. Yeah, you put that in my head now. No, every time I, I watch anything with that. animals, I'm like, are they still alive? <laughs> um, that's such a cute dog. And then the cat next door was cute too. Um, yeah, I love, mm. it's just, it's a funny uh, Americana sort of like vibe with, you know, the houses and all the junk and the, the bunch of kids. And like, it just felt very like family and suburby, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I looked up some some trivia about the film and found it interesting. So in an earlier version of the script, there were five kids, one of which died during the sprinkler scene. So that's a different movie. That dark. is dark. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, they were like, we'll kill this ant. People, <laughs> people will fill things. Also, by the way, how many ants a day do you accidentally kill? Like if you're walking along Just the street and, and then yeah. you watch this movie and you're like, Andy, no. Um, Chevy Chase and John Candy both turned down the role of Wayne Slinsky. Candy did, however, suggest Rick Moranis. Um, and this also happened when Moranis was offered Ghostbusters. So Ooh. it's funny. He had like a, they, yeah, we're like chasing each other's roles or something like mm-hmm. sort of all in the same mix. Um, Sets and props took more than nine months to build. So maybe you knew that from watching that that mm-hmm. show. But I think it's great. Um, they built a 10-foot oatmeal cookie made from polyethane foam and real cream filling. Definitely as a kid, I was like, oh, my yes, God, imagine if you had a giant cookie. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of like stuffing their faces. Really fun. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, Disney uh, got a little upset, I think, on the budget. And oh, really? when they originally came up with this movie, they didn't see it as having a big budget. Oh, interesting. Uh, the creators of it. Yeah. So it's kind of like the way it went. And I was like, yeah, they had to build all that stuff. So mm. uh, Stuart Gordon and Brian uh, Yosna worked on horror films originally. Ah, interesting. Uh, yeah. And this is a bit of a departure from, well, right? it's got some yeah. horror elements with the scary. And they're at a family in. barbecue in 85 and they wanted to do a movie that their kids could enjoy. And, oh. they, and they came up with this. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. They were saying it wasn't supposed to be an expensive movie, but but the props I mean, and to the make, sets. Yeah, and, to make this correct how they did it. And, and even like I was watching, and I, I mean, I know it's funny to watch it in 2022, but like the graphics, like he has a computer, like an old school computer, and it creates this like graphic of the Apple. He's like scanning it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how advanced that was at the time, you know? Right. And now we're like, 
well, that looks like shit. They yeah. interviewed Rick Moranis on um, this prop show on, on Disney and just the watch. He was like, it was so fancy when I had it because I had a calculator <laughs> and stuff on it. When I got it, he's like, of course, the scientist is going to have the most up-to-date tech. Yeah. And yeah, just really creative what they did with the props and how yeah, they sure. how they piece them together. Yeah, pushing the envelope of like the what was possible in filmmaking, because there are certain things when you can very clearly tell that they're on like a green screen. It's Mm. not quite as seamless as it is now in filmmaking. But when you consider it was like 89, which is when it came out, by the way. So that means they were probably creating it, you know, like the late 80s. It's pretty crazy. Um, By the way, going back to the trivia, this is going (laughs) to make you feel sad slash old. So, yeah, the guy next door, Big Russ Thompson, the guy who's like, shut up, the dad, he was only 30 years old when they filmed this. Oh, wow. So he was he was only 14 years older than his son, Russ, the the kid that doesn't like it's, you know. Yeah. quits the football team and stuff. And I think that's why He's, watching it, I was like, he doesn't look that old to me. He looked older than 30, though. He did. He had it was the receding hairline, I think. His yeah. Hair. But then we know and people just who his face, though, I think maybe that was that, maybe acting. smoking. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But I thought as well, like he acted like the dad mm, oh, sport, you know, yeah. uh, it's just funny, like go, going into the, the portrayal of parents, you know, it's it is interesting. I think we will be such different parents, right? Like he's so pissed off that his son quit the, or at first he gets thinks he gets kicked off the football team. And then the mom like confesses that he quit because he's not big enough. And he's kind of like trying to make his son be exactly like him. He wants him to love fishing. Mm. And the, the kid's like, not into it very rebellious teenager i just thought that was interesting and then even like rick moranis's character the young son that he has wants to be an inventor and he's like dad look at this and the dad is so dismissive of him it's he's uh like, yeah that's great all right uh i gotta finish this up and make sure it works yeah. before my presentation very very uh blowing his the kids off not listening to them you know the mums were a bit more sensitive but yeah the dads were not quite as old school as like what was that movie we watched the white christmas the one that i hated with the <laughs> lamp in the window the leg lamp uh, a christmas story christmas story where i was like yeah. this dad is brutal yeah these dads were also <laughs> kind of brutal but like not as bad or like um, in um when we watched hook and it's yeah. like, listen, man, Robin Williams has got stuff to do. He's a businessman. You, yeah. you can't make it to the games. Right? It's just you got to be an absent father if you're in the 90s. Yeah. And that's funny because it's like there is a trend. Why would these parents? I mean, is this what men would truly like? And it was just or is it like a, a stereotype and a trope, you know? So I feel like my dad was pretty art imitating life and back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my parents were always gone working, trying to mm. feed us, shelter us. But like so. if you had a game and they could make it, they would, right? Uh, no. No, because I mean, they're always working. So and there's other kids that they mm. had to potentially go pick up or do stuff. My grandparents took me to a lot of my basketball games. Okay. Got so, it. I mean, yeah. blend, blended family, right? Yeah. So, yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, it's just it is. I just find it interesting to review these movies like now as an adult, as people that know people with kids, like you and I don't have kids, but yeah. just to see the different parenting styles and be like, hopefully, you know, we won't be too busy to attend things. But also because when we were kids, like we know we knew how important it was to have your folks there if you could or have somebody there to like mm-hmm. you know, cheer you on. Um, sure. 
and hopefully not be dismissive. Like, cool, cool story. Your son is literally trying to be a scientist like you, an inventor. And you're just like, okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Yeah. And he's just doing it solo. You never know. The son could have gave him some ideas mm-hmm. to crack the code. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like if you had quit like a sports team, your parents would have been mad? I don't think I did. I, I, I quit football my junior year. And what'd your parents say? I honestly don't remember. I remember feeling uh, some of my friends on the football team kind of like turn their back. Oh, wow. For, for a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't really give a shit. Um, I was focused more on basketball. So that's mm. one, one of my main reasons. And, you know, I asked multiple times, they just kept putting me at positions that I didn't really want to play and didn't give me a shot for the ones I did, like mm. even the opportunity. So I was like, all right, well, go fuck yourself. Is it because you were small, like Russ Thompson? Uh, no, I wasn't that small. I was like super quick though. Um, but it's just, I, I wasn't passionate to play football anymore. Right. Mm. I loved basketball so much and I was good at it. So mm. I was trying to focus my time there. I think, yeah, my dad was probably pissed, but I mean, who cares? Really? Like I, at that point, like I didn't care. Like, yeah, but I, I didn't give a shit what anybody said. Like I'm doing this because this is what I want. And I've kind of always been like that. Yeah. Whether I let somebody down or not, it's, I was always like, well, it's not your life. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. But. I'm trying to, I mean, I played all the sports in high school, but um, I'm trying to think if like my parents got disappointed in me for quitting anything. I, I don't know. I quit biology after pretty quick because I was <laughs> really bad at, I'm just not like a mathematically minded person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely gravitate more towards like the arts, like writing and history and art and, you know, that sort of shit. And I, yeah. I think your parents, obviously they want you to be good at everything, but I think it's okay for kids to have different loves and be good at different stuff. You should fan the flame for whatever they choose. Now, if they go once and are bad at it and quit that, I would have something to say about that. But if it's like, Hey, I don't love this anymore. I've done this for years. All right, let's find something else to do. You're not going to sit around on TikTok and play video games well that's our kids will be like plugged into the matrix or some shit no, <laughs> like, that's gonna be a hard no get outside monday through thursday no tv at my place nice yeah just this too much and phones off i know um people that i've worked with before ha- have it on their phone that they can shut their kids oh wow like, like they've cut the wi-fi off and their electronics um at a certain time I think about that because it's like, I'm trying to be less addicted to my phone. Like I really wasn't on Instagram yesterday and my mental health immediately took like a skyrocket, you know, but I think we're uh, kids. Like, obviously they emulate their parents when they're learning how to be little more than squiggly humans. And I think that's why a lot of kids are so screen focused is because like their parents are, you know, like we all zone out into our phones and, you know, sometimes I'll look over and Scott and I have been sitting in silence for half an hour, just like scrolling. Right. That's not great. That's not. Those kids need, their minds are need that, um, to be active. They, their bodies need to be active. So you can't just be like, here's a screen. You got to give them something to do. You got to engage with them. I remember, uh, this girl I was dating, she tried to read my nephews a book at like one Christmas mm-hmm. and she was very like monotone and the kids are like grabbing our ears, like where we're trying to sit with them and fussing around, hopping around. 
And I was like, let me try. And then I just got super animated in my voice, mm. like giving characters perspective. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, they were both just sitting still, like mm-hmm. what's what's going to happen on the next page, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like, you got to find ways to get to whatever so how this kid learns or yeah. exactly. Well, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's different too. I think like our generation, I don't know if you guys ever did this in school, but we had a test thing that was like, what is your learning style? And some kids, um, and it's typically more like male, but like they learn by doing. So, you know, like we had one math teacher who would go outside in the quad and they would do like, you know, use their bodies to like learn how to do a math problem or like, you know, just basically like using your hands and shit like that. Mm -hmm. I learn best from like writing and then also having, there's like, you know, a Venn diagram and also like teaching others is a good way for me to learn because like, you know, but not everyone's the same. Like some people need to draw pictures. Some people need to watch it. Some people Mm -hmm. need to do it. Like, it's just, I think, you know, the old school system of, of school was just, this is the way like recite this, write it down and not everybody. Yeah. So it is hard for a curriculum too, because if you got so many students, 30 kids in a class and it's like, well, can I cater to all of them or no, do I need to just sit them down for 45 minutes at a time and throw math at them? Or yeah, can I take them outside or teach them? um, Is it, do you know what it's called? Montessori school? Is that the one where you kids kind of guide their own day? It's not kind of guide their own day specifically. I've been told it's like, if you want to learn about planets, like your point to the math teacher, Mm -hmm. take them outside. So like what Paris is the sun, David's earth, somebody Mm -hmm. else is Mars, somebody else is Mm -hmm. Venus. And we're rotating around you. Instead of just looking at a picture or something. Looking at a picture, exactly. Mm -hmm. And like, this is how the galaxy or our, you know, the Milky Way, stuff like that. So more hands-on, more getting, getting it into your body moving around. So I, I think um, it'd be a good something to implement. I wouldn't, it'll get, you know, hopefully I have the means to do that because they're, I think they're a little more expensive, but have my kids go there like K through four or something like that. Just to get like the different foundations. Yeah, because I was super hyped as a kid. My desk was always next to the teacher's Nice. No, for because I was oh. always flying. Oh, because you're handle. naughty. I thought yeah. you were like I loved sex no, the teacher. No. I was always just <laughs> a menace in class. I'm like, oh, David was a little like no. teacher's pet. So they had to put my desk right next to the teachers, so I couldn't look be look behind me to see what other kids mm-hmm. were doing. You mm-hmm. know, I was right like, all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like I was such a scare again, like the oldest daughter thing. I was such a straight laced student because I was, you know, felt like the pressure from my family to be mm-hmm. the good one. My younger brother was always would always struggle in school. And uh, yeah, I definitely was like a goody to choose. I mean, I was a prefect. I was head girl. I don't know if you guys do that in America, but it's uh, <laughs> I definitely I was like, oh, sweet. We were both like teachers pets. But no, no, no you're, you're the opposite. So that's a good dynamic, me and you. But that's why I feel like sometimes (laughs) the kids who act out, it's because they're like too smart for their own good and they're not getting like the stimulation that Mm -hmm. they need. Like, I don't truly believe that there's bad kids. I think it's like, like you said as well, like, does that teacher even have the time if she's trying to wrangle 30 kids and you have like a totally different... I'm being a menace. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, next, this doesn't get my attention. Yeah. Stuff like that. I remember they used to take me every once in a while to do a test see mm-hmm. if I was like special needs oh, and God. I, I kind of, bre- I, well, I kind of like get breezed to the test mm. and they're like, all right, send him back to gen pop basically. You know, yeah. like, uh-huh. He doesn't belong in special needs. Like he's fine when 
he's motivated and yeah. his attention is there. Yeah. 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 I definitely feel like kids these days as well, like they have such access to so many things that to keep people engaged. I mean, I've seen TikToks of, of teachers and, you know, teaching is such a tricky job, but yeah, getting kids excited about science by doing like experiments or like, yeah, asking mm -hmm. them questions, being on their level. I mean, we don't pay teachers nearly enough in any country. They, no. they are shaping the next generation. It's but. interesting you say that. I, I don't know if this is super factual or not, but um, I heard this about TikTok that like in China, some of the content is blocked. How mm. we see, you know, girls twerking and the TikTok dances and all that stuff. A lot of stuff that's being pushed to these kids that have TikTok are like, like new inventions or this kid made this, right? Or more constructive yeah, content I mean, instead of just like, here's somebody fighting at a McDonald's. <laughs> um, so I'd be interested to see, you know, I, if people travel to those countries, if they have that in a different, thing yeah, that different, different contents being pushed to these kids because the government is saying like, listen, you can be here. This app can be here. People can use it, but here are the parameters. Like we want our kids not to be looking at this stuff eight hours a day. Like yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely censorship, like pretty strict censorship in Asia. I think I've shared this before, but when I first saw the film Love Actually, um, they completely cut out the stand-in storyline. Like, so basically Love Actually, which is great Christmas film, we should do it one year. Um, there's a, all these like love romantic connections intertwined. And one of the storylines is this like these stand-ins for sex scenes and they completely just cut out the characters. There was no mention of them. So when I saw the film for the first time in, I think Australia or Canada, I was like, who the fuck are these people? Like I was completely, <laughs> and then that was just because like the censorship was so strict in Asia. Yeah. But um, I wanted to ask you if you could choose out of these two families to be a kid in one of them, which family would you choose? The Thompsons oh, or the Zelenskys? Zelenskys for sure. Yeah. Not only... Um, are they more motivated? Well, I mean, both fathers are kind of quirky in their own ways, mm -hmm. but I just feel like it was a, a little more my speed and it would mm -hmm. interest me more being in the Zelensky's. And then you also have the, after the fact that it did work, they're going to be paid and everything's mm -hmm. like that's generational wealth if they <laughs> do it right with that invention. So yeah, that's kind of my take. Well, what about I, you? I was thinking about this because the Slinskys have uh, there's a tension in that marriage. You know, they, they kind of gloss over it, mm -hmm. but the mom slept at grandma's house like yeah, the, I think the it's night like before. Financial. Um, yeah, just like they're just not getting along. Maybe it's because he's like, you know, said he's going to do something and he's not doing it and like he's not having success and she's kind of over it and the house is a mess. You can kind of tell he's like, yeah, I had the kids clean up and she kind of looks around and it's like really a bomb site. Like, and she's like, yeah. uh huh. I felt like she, whereas like the, cu the couple next door, as much as the dad was like very critical about the, the football thing, you know, you could tell they really loved each other, that couple. Mm. So I don't know. Part of me was like, maybe I want to live in the fishing house where they go fishing, <laughs> not where my dad ignores me to create a shrink ray. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, don't know. I get it. I get it. Let's think about it. Was there anything else that stuck out to you for this film that was like, oh, that's a little problematic? Uh, problematic? Not really. It's just you know, some of the stuff aged, this is very, it felt very late eighties, nineties to me. Right. Yeah. Um, some of the CGI stuff that they're working with, right. The, the scene where they get sucked up. 
Oh, but they, uh, the lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Um, it's that didn't age well, but yeah, as far as being problematic, I don't think there's too much. I think it's uh pretty like good feeling, good movie, watching yeah. it again. You know, there's a couple of scenes where I'm like, Oh, what's going to happen next? Even though I've seen it before kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And just the uh, creativeness to be like, let's shrink this family yeah. and have them run through their backyard. It seems such like a simple concept, simple concept, silly premise. And they crushed it. I feel. Yeah. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, I wonder as well, like if they were that small though, like would there be like microbes that they would have had to come up across, you know? That like, would have been interesting, right? Like see like other things stuff that, that we cannot see, like water bears. Um, I think that's what they're yeah. called, like those little microbes. Cause I was like, yeah, they didn't really explore that much. Like they were climbing down. I mean, it was only like a two hour movie, right? So, but yeah. the, the grass blades were like these huge slides. I'm like, there's probably like tiny little bugs that we don't, can't see, you know, but they I did a lot do an animated version of this and mm-hmm. make it way more detailed like a series and then yeah. you could even do it yeah. like do you remember the magic school bus did you guys yeah that? of course yeah. yeah so you could basically um you know maybe me and you can try to get a meeting at disney and just sell this to them yeah. but like have it <laughs> tm like edu- tm exactly have it as an educational series for kids they, yeah. they get shrunk and then they're learning about like those the water micro bear things or yeah. something else in the lawn or you know they're on vacation and the somewhere. moral of the story is don't touch your dad's shit by exactly. the way <laughs> yeah. play, play with stuff you're unaware don't of go in, yeah don't hit don't don't fuck around um have you started watching season three of the boys yet uh the boy i finished it yeah okay well i only saw the first episode of season three so it's funny that we're doing this movie because the opening scene of season three of the boys the first episode is you meet <laughs> it's not a children's you know what i'm talking about uh no. the guy shrinks himself down and goes oh inside that guy's penis <laughs> oh my god that dude is that's so gross <laughs> oh so, my god yeah. people listening if you had, haven't had a chance to check out the boys the first episode of season three of the boys i just watched it and it just thought it was so funny because then we were doing this movie yeah. and basically it's a similar premise where the guy can shrink himself down and he goes inside this guy's dick and then he sneezes. For like pleasure reasons. Yeah, for pleasure reasons. And then yeah. he sneezes and explodes this guy. And I was like, that's a different movie than Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's that a very, very different, very different, movie. very different film. But uh, yeah, I think all in all, it is a fun movie. There's not... Um, it's again, it's just like the same two things that always trip me up is like not representation. And then like, again, I didn't think the women, I mean, the, the, the younger girl in this is like, yes, she's kind of like a central character and she definitely mm-hmm. is strong and brave and strong she does wills. stuff. Yeah. However, the comments about like, I hope she behaves herself. It just, it all feels a little bit like, Ugh. and then the moms were very like side characters to the dads. I don't know. So for me, it's a great film, but I think in 2022, they would never make this film with all white people. There's no we way. We will see. We'll see what with Shrunk. When Shrunk comes out. Yeah. We'll see. Um, well, let's get into that time where we have mm. to give a little shout out to someone. I am going to go first because i got to open. So yes, I did think, even though I shat on the casting of the white people, I did think that the kids were really well cast and the ensemble worked really well together from like a dynamic. So I went ahead and wanted to shout out Mike Fenton, which was, he was the casting director from this film. He worked on movies like Alien, Back to the Future, Blade Runner, um, Burrows of Kings, Not Since You. I mean, not all of them winners, not all of them names, but some really good ones. And he did a lot of movies as a casting director. Um, he was also a producer and 
he unfortunately passed away in 2020 when he was 85. But, you know, we don't talk about casting as much as the contribution to film, but it's very important to find the right oh, people. It's, it's huge. Yeah. So, Mike, we see you and we appreciate we see you. And we appreciate you. Who have you got? Uh, I went with Linda Frobos. Great last name. Great last name. Um, she was a miniatures creator. Love honestly. it. Yeah. That's so, huge. Yeah, it is huge. And then it's interesting too because um, Joe Johnson, the director of this movie, got his start on Star Wars oh. and do creating like miniatures and, and sets for them to to shoot. And he thought it was going to be like a few week process. It ended up being ten years. Um, wow! Because of all the ex- all the other movies they made, right? They made the first trilogy, and then he ended up directing like The Rocketeer, Captain America. Um, so that's how you got to start. So putting people around him, like Linda, who also, you know, special effects, makeup, visual effects, um, throughout her career, she worked on star starship troopers, uh, Michael, the movie seven, which is a fantastic movie. Um, tremors, (laughs) another great one. That's kind of weird. And then, yeah, just being able to create these miniatures for this movie and to shoot, um, that takes a ton of time and effort and concentration mm. so linda big contribution so linda yeah. frobos we see you and we appreciate you see you and we appreciate you all right it's time to make the proclamation mm. what do you think david what's your what's your answer did this movie age like milk yay or nay okay i'm gonna say this movie aged like the bowl of milk rick moranis was eating cheerios out of okay so there's little pieces of kids, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> little chunks in it, right? Because of, um, you know, all the CGI, some of that stuff, obviously the technology has gotten so far ahead today. So there's still like little pieces in it, but I think those pieces add flavor to this, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're watching something from the past and to have it, even though it's not that clean and there's some mm-hmm. like fuzzy parts with that technology that they use, it's still adds to the movie for me and and mm-hmm. enhances that flavor over time right mm-hmm. so i think this movie is a real feel-good movie love watching rick moran is so glad that he's back um yeah. doing his thing back to acting and yeah I, I liked this movie a lot as a kid and i i still like it a lot today it held up what about i you? think i think i agree with you i think I co-sign. I was going to say something about the milk in the Cheerio bowl, or I was going to be like, yeah, it aged like, uh, you know, the water from a sprinkler. Like you can drink it, but you probably get <laughs> drink somewhere else. Yeah. But yeah, I think you touched on it all. I think, yeah, the lack of diversity, the female characters could have been better fleshed out, but not as horrible as we've seen. And yeah. And the CGI was just like of its time. I'm sure it was incredibly cutting edge when it came out, but mm-hmm. doesn't really hold up today. So yeah. the issue, I was just saying, quick the issue with uh representation it, it did pop out to me for this one but it felt more like like sad about it right mm. because of how much i like this movie and that there's it's just um no representation at all and it's just yeah. like watching this as a kid and i was thinking about that me and my brothers all these movies we loved that were just all white 
and mm-hmm. us being biracial, you know, yeah. black kids. You're like, where's um, my, where's my Exactly. And you kind of don't think about it at the time, but it, it does matter for, for kids does. to see yeah. people that look similar to them. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's the show, guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Go check it out. It's on Disney Plus if you're in America. I don't know about the rest of the world. We get confused, <laughs> but check it out. It's definitely worth a rewatch to revisit the classics. But for now, David, you should go ahead and check your fridge. Make sure that milk ain't shrunk. Or spoiled. Or spoiled. Or <laughs> on your dog's fur. Or it doesn't have children in it. Um, gross milk is gross. That's the show. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll catch you on the next one. 